0: If your blood runs red and black, you must be listening to Dogcast episode number 159. Go, dogs! Okay, dog fans, it's the Dogcast, episode number one fifty nine. Me and old dog are here, back safe in the bunker after a big victory yesterday over the Central Michigan Chippewas. Old dog, how you feeling about that victory yesterday, man? It was a great game, huh?
1: It was. I mean, it was it was a big victory, uh, fifty six to seventeen. Offense was clicking. Noshawn was running wild. You know, a couple little things we could probably improve on on defense that we'll talk about a little later on. Uh, really, the, my biggest complaint was the heat there in the stadium. We ah. need to get it a little cooler. You know, i tell you what, it is almost as hot there as it is in Myrtle Beach in, in late August.
0: <laughs> Not that we would know. I, don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about, being in Myrtle Beach in late August. What are you talking about? Um, listen.
1: Well, I was there about two weeks ago.
0: Oh, you were, huh? Yeah, man. If you say so. I'm not I'm not. Way, out. Listen, let's mo- let's move on. Let's mo- let's right. talk about the game cuz I'm kind of excited about the game now. Um, cuz there's a lot of things I want to talk about over this game. Of course, everybody's talking about, you know, the hurdle where Noah Moreno in the middle of a 27-yard run leaps over the linebacker. There are pictures of it. If you didn't see it, there's a picture of it on your iPod at if you just look down. Um it was the glamour play of the game. You know, but um, you know, you had the return, too. You had the defense score a touchdown on a fantastic touchdown return, an interception return.
1: Yeah, Dobbs grabbed the ball, and off he went. Man, and waited on his blockers to catch up that, to him. I was going to say, like, really looked like he knew what he was doing. I tell you, it was great.
0: It was really great. I, I want to hit on the good things first before we hit on the bad things. Because but that's, dogs,
1: what, I, that's the way they teach those boys down there in Savannah how to run, whether you're offense or defense.
0: You run, Yes, right. You wait for your blockers, you run patiently, and you run hard, right? Exactly. So it was a great game. We scored a ton of points. We had 552 yards of total offense, old dog. But it's not all sunshine and roses, you know? But let's talk about NoShawn and Momas and AJ Green and uh, Matthew Stafford because we really had some we had some great we had a great game out of those guys.
1: Really did. Uh, you know Stafford was, was throwing well. Uh, NoShawn is just amazing. I mean, what did he have? 18 carries today. 18
0: carries, 175 yards,
1: and three more touchdowns. I mean. I've never been that good at math, but if you add up the number of touchdowns he's got and the number of carries, I think he is scoring a touchdown about every four times he touches the ball. That's
0: right. This So far this season, he's had 26 carries and he scored six touchdowns.
1: Holy cow.
0: So, I, it's ridiculous. And he had 198 all-purpose yards yesterday. He, he accounted for 198 of our 552 yards.
1: Yeah, that little wide-out thing, or not wide-out, but, you know, where they zip the ball out to him real quick. Yeah, that little swing-out pass in the flat. You know, which is just about all running. I mean, I know it goes into the passing stats, but that is just, he's got good blocking from the receivers out there, and uh, it just gets to... Showcase his talents, I mean he is an exceptional exceptional back,
0: plus you know we had we spread the wealth yesterday, Sa- Richard Samuel had a touchdown, he had forty five yards total rushing, Caleb King had a touchdown with twenty eight yards rushing um you know you know,
1: and along those lines, I was a little interested uh you know, once NoShawn went out uh seemed like their mid third quarter late fourth quarter uh Richard Samuels was in there and, and no Caleb King at all and I don't think he was hurt I'm just and I haven't you know seen or you know talked to anybody. I'm just wondering if he wasn't doing something uh when he was in earlier, you know that he should have been a lot of times they'll pull you out you know if you're not hitting your blocks or not picking something up well but, i'm actually
0: uh, i've actually got the answer to that question my friend oh, man i, I, I knew I'm you were
1: it actually perfect
0: setup isn't it it wasn't that caleb it wasn't that caleb king screwed up or messed up or anything like that that was a pre-planned pre-planned deal for them to share the load between caleb king and richard samuel as backups to noshawn that was a preset thing um they're still in fact the way it was told to me by unnamed sources inside the staffing department was that, uh, you know, it's still not nearly as cemented that Caleb King is the, the true number two, like, you know, we were kind of talking before. Um, it's not quite as in semen as it might have seemed uh, early on. And Samuel had eight carries for 45 yards yesterday. Caleb King had seven carries for 28 yards. So, but that was a pre-planned thing to let Richard Samuel get some touches.
1: Well, and he ran hard. I mean, when he had a chance, he certainly went after it. Absolutely. Um, you know, hats he, off to him.
0: Well, you know, Momass had, Momass had two touchdowns yesterday. Michael Moore had five catches for 64 yards.
1: We really you, spread the wealth yesterday. I puts down that documentary camera, he can flat catch the ball. <laughs> he
0: can get it done, can't he? he was catching balls from Joe Cox. You know, Joe Cox was five for five passing yesterday for seventy six yards. I thought that was great. I love seeing Joe Cox. He's such a quality backup. You know.
1: Oh, I know. He is. He's fantastic.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit more. I, I tell you this. I I want to talk about. Uh, wait a second. I got some little kids coming in the room here. Um, coming into the bunker here in the background. But All right. um, listen. I want to talk about what NoShawn does because as great as Sean is and all the things he does, you know, leaping and making long runs and things like that, I really want to talk for a second about the things that NoShawn does when he doesn't have the ball because I think – As great as he is, I think he's better than a lot of people even know. Because to me, the measure of a player, you know, when you talk about receivers, you could say receivers catch the ball, they drop the ball, whatever. But it's what receivers do when nobody's really paying attention, like their downfield blocking, that I put a premium on. And yesterday, Noshawn had two plays that I really think demonstrate what a great player he is and what great coaching he's had, even since he was a little kid. If you notice on the one play where we had the deep ball and the kid fumbled it, um, I don't even know the receiver because he was where he was on the field, I couldn't even see the receiver. We had a receiver catch about a 30-yard pass.
1: I think it was Figgins.
0: And he got tackled on about the two-yard line and tried to stick the ball in the box. And in the process, it bounced out of his hand, you know? He's 30 yards downfield. There is no one around him but a Chippewa defender and no Sean Moreno. Moreno goes flying down there to see how he could help, you know, and he's there to recover the fumble and damn near stuck it in the end zone, and then did stick it in
1: the end zone on the next
0: play. You right, know? and
1: they actually, uh you know, if you remember, they actually called it a touchdown.
0: They did rule it a touchdown. Then,
1: then they reviewed it, and apparently, the rule is on a fumble like that you can't advance it into the end zone, a la the old Kenny Stapler play, By where sliding. they just kept fumbling it forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, want mm. that, but but you are right. I mean, the hustle that that guy has is just absolutely unbelievable. He's the Much only like guy David there. He's Pollock, the guy getting it motor done. never stops.
0: <laughs> you love
1: saying that, don't you? I do, man.
0: Other little things he does on the third and nine when they punted us down to the one yard line, we ran into the line for no gain, threw an incomplete pass that was almost picked off to Trip Chandler. Then on third and nine, coverage is tight. Matthew Stafford's got nowhere to go. He steps up in the pocket and tries to run for the first down. Moreno is on the hash mark on the opposite side of the field, and... You, if you were at the game, you saw this if you were paying attention, he dug in like he was running a 40-yard dash at an NFL combine and comes across the field like a maniac just to downfield block for Matthew Stafford. Not because he had the ball, not because he had anything to gain except just helping out a teammate.
1: Well, and you know, on that thing, Stafford ran out of bounds and Sean actually looked like he was because he didn't get to hit anybody. I know. And kind of look at Stafford like, man, what are you doing? You could have knocked that guy out. I had this other guy. You could have gotten another 10, 12 yards out of it.
0: I'm telling you, Moreno does stuff on every play, whether he has the ball or not, that helps this team. And that's the kind of hidden value to a guy like NoShawn Moreno. He's not just a running back. He is a fantastic leader, as a sophomore on that team, doing the kind of things and setting the kind of example that any coach in America would give his dagum a digit off his index finger for.
1: Oh, no doubt about that, and I mean, and it's not just the stuff he does on the field, like you were talking about, but it's the it's the off field stuff too, the stuff he does on the sidelines. Gets folks fired up. I mean, one thing, and it was just, it it just warmed the cockles of my heart. After Demetrius Dobbs ran 78 yards with that interception, scored a touchdown. Big lineman like that, he's hot, he's tired, he's sitting on the bench. (laughs) Guess he's standing over him, waving a towel, fanning him down, trying to get him cooled off. None other than no shot.
0: And not, I mean, not just, a, you're right. That's
1: a teammate, man. That's N- a teammate.
0: And he wasn't just fanning him. He was fanning him, which was cooling him off. But he was kind of making a show out of it and putting on a show for the fans. I mean, he's getting the fans into it. He's getting the players into it. You know, they rolled out a new song yesterday, the Superman, the the Soldier Boy replacement song yesterday. And Sean is just over there dancing, getting people up on the sideline. It's just great to be he in is, Georgia band right bad. now. It is. <laughs> He is fantastic and he does so much for the team in so many different ways. It's just great. But yeah, and
1: I mean and you look you look at just what the energy that he has that wears off on other folks. Look how quick Richard Samuel pops up after a run. Mhm. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, his kind of enthusiasm is infectious.
0: Just like with Thomas Brown last year, you know? He makes everybody on our offense, everybody on our team, a better player.
1: Everybody around him.
0: And I don't think he gets enough credit for everything that he does. I mean, everybody talks, oh, yeah, this hurdle was great, and that 52-yard run was great, but I'm telling you, he's doing stuff that, a lot of people don't even see or know about that is just fantastic.
1: i tell you, though, who does recognize it are his teammates and his coaches.
0: That's right. And the dog cast.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, old dog, well, you know, the polls came out today, and we're still at number two. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're and still you know, at number two. And, what was
1: interesting, though, Southern Cal picked up more first-place votes. Yeah. Now, Without even did, playing. They didn't play. Maybe they picked up some first place votes from that miserable-ass Ohio State team. Yeah, but you know they didn't play. We beat a team 56 to 17, almost as badly as they beat the Wahoos that mm-hmm. vaulted them up ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And and we get no love at all. But you know, as we said the last time around, they interviewed Stafford, asked him about it. He said, "Man, I don't care." And the deal is with this. After this miserable showing by Ohio State, it's pretty evident that there is a big beatdown coming to Ohio State next (laughs) week. Let's hope it happens. Let's hope they lose by 50 points and finally put a fork in their ass and say they're done. We don't need to hear any more about them.
0: I tell you, UNC
1: is probably going to go undefeated. Uh, They certainly should be able to beat Arizona State and UCLA, which are the only two teams that look like they've got any kind of football skills out there in the Pac-10 anyway, and if we go undefeated, or God forbid we have one loss, we're probably still going to be number two, we're going to roll into the national championship game and just knock them off their throat. because it ain't, where you, it ain't where you start, it's where you finish.
0: You, I could not have said it better myself, old dog, and you know, it was a great game, we spread the ball around, everything looked, we were clicking on all cylinders right there on offense. But I do want to talk a little bit about the defense, because I cannot say that we were clicking on all cylinders on the offense. And specifically... On the th- defense. I mean, I'm sorry, on the defense, yeah. And specifically, I want to talk about uh, our defensive backs. Because uh, as much as I hate the kind of fans that stand in the, in the stands and scream at our players like, do better and move your ass
1: and try you harder. Were, you were one of them.
0: Uh, for a, for about 10 minutes, I really was one of them yesterday, because I'm telling you what, and I'm not on the Fire Willie Martinez train or anything like that, but I'm telling you, we've got to do a better job, and and it's evidenced by, you know, Rennie Curran yesterday talking to the press yesterday. I heard Rennie Curran say, look, the defense comes out, we want to be perfect, and we are certainly not perfect. We have, been let, we have been not getting it done. And the point is, Willie Martinez is going to have to do a better job of pressuring the quarterback and coaching up his defensive backs because that was the two things. Everybody knew going into this game yesterday they've got a quarterback, this Dan LaFerver, who's going to spread the ball around, and he's athletic. You know, we had one sack yesterday, old dog. We had one sack. We're running 10, 12-yard cushions on our defensive backs, and they're eating us up 8 yards, 7 yards, 8 yards, 9 yards, 8 yards, 10 yards, just eating us alive, especially on that disappointing drive that we had where they drove down after the Dobbs touchdown on defense. The yeah. Chippewas get the ball and come down the field like a house on fire. And we are absolutely powerless. We put no pressure on LaFerva, and we, put no, no, we did not jam the receivers at the line. We put no pressure on the receivers, and they smoked us.
1: Well, I tell you now, what a change of events we are going to have. Because here's Derek going a little bit negative, and Old Dog going to throw in a little bit of light. In here. Uh, Uh, To start off with, I've got to agree with you. I mean, it was really, even though we were up, we were up by 14, I think, at the time, because, you know, we had that kind of collapse right at the end of the first half, and then we kicked off to them, and they drove it right down the field.
0: Those two Uh, drives are the drives I'm talking about, yeah.
1: And we were getting absolutely no pressure at all on their quarterback. Now, granted, we were only rushing four people, uh, and that's just not going to cut it. My hope is the the old dog's sincere hope <laughs> is that we were up by two touchdowns, and we are going into the meat of our schedule, you know, starting next week. And Martinez really did not want to show, you know, all of our different blitz packages and everything else, because later on in the game. We did start blitzing a little bit, put a little bit of heat on them, even though we did get the one sack. We had a whole lot of hurries and you know, we stopped we stopped that quick pass attack of theirs pretty quick. Yeah. Uh you know, but we are you're right, you're absolutely right. We are gonna have to play. We're gonna have to defend the pass a whole lot better, uh, you know, come Arizona State, LSU yeah. Tennessee, you know, come on down. I think the offense that we played yesterday is a whole lot better than the offense we're going to see next week. I I
0: totally agree. They were doing things yesterday that South Carolina is not capable of doing, no. and I get that.
1: You know, you're you're right. And, and but but again, the thing is, and I mean, this is although we we lost a couple guys. I mean, this is the same defense you know, that, that put the great Saint of Tim Tebow down, mm-hmm. you know, sack Colt Brennan Lord knows how many times. Actually, right. it's the defense that made both of them cry.
0: Well, yeah, minus Marcus Howard. I think Marcus Howard is the actual player that made Colt Brennan cry, and we are missing him. But you're right. It is basically largely the same defense that crushed both of those guys.
1: And, and I know play. they have got
0: better in them. You know, the whole point of my tirade is, is I'm, calling, I'm calling for better
1: play. Because well, we are and, and about I to hit the meat gonna, our schedule. And I think you're going to see it. And as long as we're on tirades and better play, Coach Fabris, what in the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Why?
0: Why? We have got a What's with this? Yeah, the, let me tell you. I know what you're going to say. The, the, the damn drive that I'm talking about started off because of the fantastic squib kick idea that we kicked off to the fifty.
1: All right, old dog, take it from there. I mean, we've got a kicker that can kick it into the end zone. I know because I've seen him do it. Why in the world can we not kick the ball into the end zone every I mean, single every time. time? I mean, I just don't understand what what the thought process is. I mean, if the idea is that we're going to kick it to the 5- or 10-yard line on the right side or the left side, and we're going to get them before they get to the 20, it ain't working. Yeah, I, I mean, know. They consistently started from the 30, 35, 40, time after time after time. Hey, kick it into the middle of the end zone. Worst thing it can happen, as old dog has been told by numerous people, if he downs it, he's going to bring it to the twenty. If he wants to run it out, man, he's starting ten yards further than that little five, than kicking it to the five-yard line. Maybe we can stop him before they get to the twenty. Uh, we're not hitting anybody hard enough to cause a fumble. I don't think we've gotten a turnover. I mean, if the, I, I just really don't know what the hell he's thinking.
0: I'm telling you, I'm telling and maybe you, maybe he's dog. Not,
1: Maybe he's not thinking at all.
0: I'm gonna make this. This is my mission right now. It really is. I mean, because I mean, we had a lot of touchdowns yesterday, so we had a lot of kickoffs. So we got to see this, dog fans. We didn't have one touchback yesterday. We didn't have one touchback. We didn't have one kickoff that crossed the goal line. I'm gonna make it my mission. I want to know the answer. I want to know. No,
1: I actually, I, I no. actually do think we got one into the end zone for a touchback. No, I don't think. I think they he actually just ran, ran it, it out. out. He ran it but, out to but like a 22. Think it was in the end.
0: Yeah. But here's the deal I want to know definitively if Blair Walsh is pulling up and kicking it short on purpose. Because I told you yesterday, I'm not sure, I'm not positive that he can kick it into the end zone every single time without fail. I don't know if he can do that. I'm not as sold on that as you are. He may not, he may be kicking it as far as he can, and one time he just really got into it and it went in the end zone. And if that's right, the well, case, here's, here's then the I'm deal, cool then. with that.
1: Here's but, the deal. Let's do this. We know we've got a lot of students that listen, and we've got a lot of guys on the team that listen. You can send it in anonymously. You've got the phone number. You've got the email address. If Blair Walsh cannot kick it into the end zone, let us know. I want to if know: he is can, he being told to kick it and short if, on purpose? And if he can't kick it in the end zone, let's get somebody's ass down to the soccer field <laughs> and find some foreign kid that can. Well, I'm sure that's cool all with he that. needs to do. Th-
0: that's a question for another day.
1: All I want to know
0: is 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 he being told to kick it short on purpose, or is he kick it, or is he being told kick it as far as you can every time? That's what I want to know.
1: I don't think he is because I've seen the kid put it in the end zone. I know you, th- but and I, I want to know. I've seen him put it in the end I, zone on a lot lower trajectory than this crap that they're doing now. I know,
0: I know, I know what you think, and I'm I'm reserving judgment about that. I'm just telling you, I want to know if coach fab is telling him to kick it short on purpose because if he is that to me that is un, that is that is unforgivable it, unforgivable it is. because you are putting your defense i'm telling you if you could start out on the 20 yard line every time with your defense or you're going to be starting on the 30 33 35 38 43
1: 45 50 i mean he, it's time after time i don't think they started a drive after we kicked off to them. I bet the average starting point was, if you take out punts and stuff like that, on kicks, I bet it was more than 35 yards.
0: Well, I can tell you. Hang on a second. I'll tell you what, the day, what it was. Um, on kickoffs, they had an average return. Let's see. They had a, an 18-yard return. They had... Uh, their longs were an 18-yard return, a 28-yard return, and a 24-yard return. So they averaged about, well, they averaged about 24 yards about, per about, return. Yeah, about
1: 25 yards a return, and they're catching it somewhere between the 5 and the 10.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had one out-of-bounds kick by Blair Walsh, which came back to the 40, you know, but... um. I mean, oh, I'm just sick. I'm sick I'm just, with yesterday. I'm. Those are the two things I'm most angry about after yesterday. Is man, the kickoff and the cushion? Give me
1: the days. Give me the days of Rex Robinson and Kevin Butler when those son of bitches kicked off and you were you were betting that it would sail through the goalpost on is the. Is it going to get
0: stuck in the hedge, or is it going to go in the first row of the bleachers, or is it going to go through the? That's the kind of kickoff I want. I want to know that it's coming to the 20, not coming to the 38 or the 43 or some crap like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just really, I do not understand the thinking at all on that. I mean, if it's because, and and if if Coach Fab thinks our kick coverage is so good that we're going to pin them down, man, you're wrong.
0: He's just wrong about that. But, you know, anyway, I'm, that's, that's that's our beef this week. The beef yeah. is, my beef is, those damn cornerback cushions are ridiculous. 12-yard cushions on these kind of receivers with that kind of quarterback is stupid. It's ridiculous. And those kickoffs to the 5, to the 10, that's terrible. Terrible, yeah. also and terrible. And i
1: tell you, though, it's in just overall stuff, it's the good beef to have, because if you're bitching so much about kickoffs, it means you're scoring a lot of touchdowns.
0: You're right. And I got a game ball going out. Rennie Curran was on fire yesterday, by the way. Yeah, Rennie Curran had eight solo tackles. He had the sack. Rennie, Rennie Curran, no beef with you, dude. You're flying. I love it.
1: And he's basically the guy that called out the defense, too.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is the guy. And, you know, Coach Rick said in the press conference yesterday that Dan LaFerva of the MAC, the Chippewas from the MAC, quote, was in total control the entire game. We never disrupted his game. That is, that's
1: not good. That's, well, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it. That's you know, not and, good. And, and again, though, I will say, we, I, I do think late in the game, when we started with a couple of blitz packages and stuff, we did disrupt their game.
0: Sure. Well, let's move on. That's it for that game. Game's in the books. Big game. You know, and and by the way, if you didn't see the game, we were on track to score another touchdown. We did – we had that uh, turnover late where Joe Cox kind of miffed – you know, we had a a bad center snap exchange. But, you know, we really were shooting for the 60s yesterday. And we were right there when we had that bad center snap exchange. But, um, hey – you know, let's change the subject. What did we learn yesterday? What, what what can we take away from this weekend, Ray? I mean, old dog, what what did we learn this weekend besides well, I, the dogs?
1: I are... think to start off with, I think to start off with, for anybody that watched the Florida-Miami game, they realized Urban Meyer is a true prick.
2: <laughs> I
1: mean, you know, and and you just mentioned it a minute ago, we're driving down. Late in the game with our second string, you've got Joe Cox in there at quarterback. You've got Richard Samuel in there. Other than probably a couple of the offensive linemen, there's nobody in there that's started a college football game. You got to let your second string play. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. Urban Meyer has his—he's beaten—he's beat Miami down. Yes, I mean he is up by 20 points. Yes. After being up 9-3, to three at and he's, the start of- running, he's running plays to try to score, which, you know, I would have had the second string in, but that's not the way Florida does, because Florida loves to run up the score. But when they couldn't score, it's fourth down. Why not try to – a class coach just takes a knee. An unclassy coach, which, of course, he is with his first string in, runs another play. What does Urban do? Takes it even to a higher level. Trots his field goal team in there to tack on three more useless points. Now, I say useless. They weren't useless to the old log because I had Florida minus 20 and a half.
0: <laughs>
1: you loved it. So it. But at the same it, time, he's made said, my these day. Guys It sucked. made my day on a dollar. But, but you want to know what we learned? Urban Meyer's a prick.
0: Exactly, he really is, and and also we learned that Florida, the reason he's trying to run the score is because he's hoping people aren't watching his piss poor team's performance yeah. against Miami, knowing that they went into the fourth only up nine to three, and he's hoping by wearing Miami down and scoring more points, he'll look a little better to the pollsters who didn't actually take the time to watch the game and see that Tebow and his receivers all suck. But he didn't want you to know that. But I'm telling you, dog fans, we are going to pound those chumps into the turf. Because if they're the number four or five best team in the country, my ass is a Chinese typewriter. They ain't worth a crap. And I know it, and they know it. The pollsters don't know it, but they're going to know it come Halloween. So you just hang on, Urban, because we're going to be there in just a little bit, buddy.
1: What else did we learn? Ohio State year after year after year, is overrated. Ugh. Hopefully this year at least they're playing a tough team early in their schedule. Let's, let's just get rid of them.
0: Get rid of them let's like we got all, rid of Clemson. Let's
1: all Bulldog fans See cheer for USC just to have an absolute beatdown. Let's, let's hang 70 points on Ohio State and finally end the myth.
0: In the myth,
1: exactly.
0: Um, other you know, things they we They say learned.
1: fear the vest. I say in the myth.
0: <laughs> exactly the myth that the Buckeyes and the Big Ten actually got something going on.
1: Now, and I tell you, I, I'm feeling pretty good because I think I think the evil empire ESPN may be listening to us. Had an emailer send it in on a call. What did we learn? We learned a. They may be listening to the dog cast because they put up Mark stats, nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This great college football expert can barely pick over fifty percent.
0: He's about as good as flipping a coin. Yep. <laughs> he he's he's <laughs> he's like one percent better than a coin flip. Or for that for that matter, a drunk monkey throwing darts at the newspaper. That's about exactly. as good as he
1: is. Exactly. Um, what so else did we learn? Lou Holtz just has no damn grip on reality anymore.
0: (laughs) He got excited over that Skip Holtz ECU crap, didn't he? Oh, he did. (laughs) He got really excited. He really did. I thought he was going to have a heart attack.
1: Oh, I mean, but he... We learned, mean, just, that, we learned that Lee Corso is often and we drunk learned, on air. And we learned that one of our military institutions has changed their name to the University of Navy.
0: We also learned that Lee Corso is very often drunk when he's on air because he was talking about the way the Hurricanes played against Hawaii in week one. And everybody that knows, you know, I mean, I don't get paid to cover sports. And I know that the Hurricanes didn't play Hawaii in week one. But, you know, if all you do is sit around all day long and study college football for, for lots and lots of money, like Lee Corso does, how can you, how, I don't know, Lee Corso, idiot.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely right. But, but most of all, what did we learn? We learned a lot on Thursday night. We learned two things. We learned the OBC, the old ball coach, is just that. He is the old ball coach. (laughs) He is. And what does the OBC call? He calls OBPs, (laughs) old ball plays. And that's exactly what they are. And, And Steve, what worked in the 90s, ain't working anymore.
0: No, it isn't. And he's about to be the FBC as in the former ball coach at Carolina
1: because be, his ship is going down fast. And I know the first committee is already putting feelers out to uh, Joe Paterno and Bobby Bowden.
0: Absolutely. I'm telling you, Bobby Bowden or Joe Paterno I I'm because I'm, I'm looking for Joe Paterno.
1: There's nothing the University of South Carolina likes better than an old has-been coach.
0: Exactly, and I would love to have you know my good friend Joe Pa come down to Columbia. I know you would just love talking about us playing Joe Pa. So come on down, Joe Pa. The seat is warm. You Lou Holtz is coming gone. Steve Spurrier is about to be coming gone. Come on down, Joe Pa. Turn around this gamecock ship.
1: Well, and, and one of the funny things. And I was going to wait till Wednesday for this, but it's just too daggone good. Uh, you know, I, I do, I'm not always in the bunker. During the week, I am out traveling, trying to make a little bit of money so I can, you know, scrape together a little porridge to eat. And <laughs> I'm in Columbia, South Carolina some. And after the Thursday game, the big, big Thursday night game, uh, a lot of folks. They were talking them down off the different bridges around the state of South Carolina. You know, a lot of people were, you know, they were hiding their shoelaces, stuff like that. Tickets, by the way,
0: are cheaper than ever, dog fans, for this Gamecock dog game. But a
1: few of the calmer, more sensical, if that's a word, Gamecock fans were calling in saying, you know, we really don't need to panic yet. You know, Coach Spurrier, the OBC, you know, he's building a program, not a team and, and the Gamecocks are going to be back. And my question is back to what? <laughs> they've never back they to never, where? They've never been anywhere. <laughs> okay. I mean, back to the CarQuest Bowl in <laughs> the season of destiny? I mean, come on. You are a second tier, middle of the road, losing ass program. Get a grip. That's what you are.
0: Dog fans, that's going to just about wrap it up for this week. Old Dog, I appreciate your insights into the into the OBC and the FBC and the tiny ball handler TBH. And uh, <laughs> We'll
1: be talking a lot more about them Wednesday.
0: I've got one more thing I want to close the show with, man. Hit it. I want to give a big shout-out, because you know I love saying shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to the University of Georgia Majorettes, because not only are they hot as a two dollar pistol, they won the national and they were championship. Extremely
1: hot Saturday.
0: They were. They were. They they won the national championship in Major Redding, whatever or whatever you call Major Redding. And I just want to say, you know what? That's a strong athletic program when you got hot chicks winning national championships in things that you didn't even know was a sport. So I want to tell the girls of the Majorette crew at University of Georgia, congratulations on their national championship and uh keep it coming well, because you know
1: and along with that and that is a reason to get to the stadium early oh. cuz we had five or six national championships and stuff I didn't even know existed. I mean, Derek, we've got we've got a women's equestrian team <laughs> with about 25 members on it. I think 25
0: maybe 75. That got I, I thought
1: they were calling out the freshman class of women or something. <laughs> I mean, it just went on and on and on.
0: Oh, dog fans, we have so much fun at the games. We'll sit and see you at Section One Hundred Seven, Row Ten, Seats Ten through Thirteen. Dog fans, we've got Carolina coming up next week at three uh, thirty. Is it going to be on CBS? We're the CBS game next week, do not we? We are the
1: CBS game, and I mean, and a first this year for South Carolina, they're actually going <laughs> to play Saturday football on Saturday. They're going to ball on a Saturday. When big boys play football. <laughs> <laughs> Dog fans, that's going to
0: do it for the Dogcast. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend whether you like the show or not. If you like the show, tell a friend. If you don't like the show, tell a friend. Now call us at 706-534-1516 or email us at dogcast at gmail.com.
1: It's great to be a Georgia Bulldog. There ain't no doubt about it. This is the best time of year with one of the best teams we've had in a long time.
0: See you guys. We'll be back with the pregame show. Uh, we'll be out on the feed Thursday morning, and uh, we'll be getting ready to make the trip down to Columbia. I mean, I'm sorry, over to Columbia. And um,
1: I guess it may be a little down, isn't it?
0: I don't know if it's down or not. It's, it's sideways to me, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so thanks, dog fans. Thanks for listening. Go dogs.
3: Um, they look super weak and they're going to get stomped next week. Hopefully they recognize that. Surely I'll be calling back for another comment later just to commend the dogs and how they played. But I can't wait for Dogapalooza. I'll be there, red and black. Go, I don't, go I don't
2: even get me started on that. But uh I'm here hanging out with my buddy Bellman from Kansas, my buddy Brad. And uh, I
3: think Bellman's going to call in a little bit. So I'll talk to you guys later. See you. Hey, Derek and old dog. It's Scott from Vecula. Game day, 1030. I've got to get the, the steaks out, the dogs going, uh, the wings out, and it's game day, baby. Hey, uh, old dog, you got your wish. I just saw on that stupid, stupid ESPN game day pregame show that Mark May was 9-8 and eight last week. What an idiot. I just saw a bunch of these retards from Gainesville because they're having uh, – they set up down there for the Miami game. And uh, they they, uh, they look pretty dangerous. Uh, I'm really scared. Um, I actually heard that on September 11, 2001, that uh, it wasn't terrorists that attacked us. Tim Tebow was just sleeping. And uh, the war in Iraq in 2003 um, actually was not a war at all. Tim Tebow just coughed, and then uh, um, Iraq went down in smoke and flames. Uh, but anyways, guys, uh, they're all picking Central Michigan to upset us today, and that's just got me fired up. So, thank you so much, guys, for the show. Thank you, guys, for uh, for the comments, for the analysis, and uh, thanks for the tailgate music. All right, guys, go dogs.
2: Hey, it's Bo, calling the dog cast here. Little problems with the game. Offense, phenomenal. No Sean, no problems. All day to him. We got to kick the ball in the, end zone. Er, in the end, zone. I mean, we're spotting him 15 yards every kick. Ridiculous. And those refs have no idea what intentional grounding is. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what that's about. But offense, awesome. Maybe a little secondary work in the defense, but uh, other than that, looks like an exciting season. Hey, dogcast, this is Brad from Athens, friend of Drewby the Count, and I gotta tell you, when No Shot jumped over that guy, I flipped. I was—I really I was like a twelve-year-old girl at a Hannah Montana concert. It was incredible. I almost had a heart attack. at the highlights for the ages. I better see that on Larry Moss's call to arms for the rest later.
4: Hey, guys, this is uh, John from Powder Springs, and I've uh, got three things for you, so I'll try to be quick about it. Uh, first thing, how about old Vandy? Uh, I guess the uh, old ball coach is going to have to come up with some NB please, new, NBPs, new ball plays. Uh, I'm glad to see uh, Vandy put it to South Carolina that way. Uh, the second thing I was going to talk to you about was the Georgia slipping in number two in the AP poll. Uh, Something about that is that on Sunday, I noticed there was an article uh, written about um, Southern California, and the headline of the article was True Number One, and then something, something, something. And so when I saw that, I was like, what is the audacity of this guy to say that Southern Cal is the true number one? And then I read the article and what he was actually just talking about was Mark Sanchez being the true number one quarterback for the Trojans. And so then I realized, well, how many people actually just looked at the headline and thought, you know, this guy's making an argument for Southern Cal being the number one team. And then I wonder how many of those were pollsters and influenced their vote. But irregardless, I think you're right. I thought we were going to slip. And I think they're kind of irrelevant at this point and, I like Matthew Stafford's response to when he was asked about flipping the number uh, two in the polls. His response was simple. I don't care, and I like that response. Last thing is ESPN. I agree with you about ESPN and it being the evil uh, empire. Interestingly enough, I don't know if you know that Herb Street has this thing he does at the beginning of the year called the Herbie Awards. One of the things he has in his uh, list is he's got a list of places that game day has to go or else he's going to quit ESPN. The interesting thing about it is that on number one on his list is Georgia, and he puts on there that it has been way too long that game day has been to Athens. The interesting thing about that is that Of the other five or six places they've listed on there, they're like no-name places, and Georgia's really the only high-profile place he says that game day has to go. Now, take that into consideration that the last time they've been there was 1998, and if you recall, it wasn't as favorable for Georgia because Tennessee came in and beat Georgia. If you know, you may not know this, but Shortly after that, Chris Fowler was kind of upset with the way he was treated at Georgia, and he vowed that game day would never come back to Athens, Georgia. And as you can see, it's been 10 years when there's been lots of quality games for game day to come. To be honest with you, I hope they don't come. I really don't need to see game day on the Athens campus because, uh, to me, they're the evil empire. Anyway, I love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Uh, This is Jonathan Powder spring and go dogs.